I've been consistent my whole career. Um, my career has been based on an understanding, one, that as a prosecutor, my duty was to seek and make sure that the most vulnerable and voiceless among us are protected. By locking them all up, that's what you're trying to do. Sister, always trying to lock up the black man. And I have also worked my entire career to reform the criminal justice system, understanding to your point that it is deeply flawed and in need of repair. Uh, but if it's so deeply flawed and in need of repair, then why you ain't trying to fix it? Mm -mm. I don't think she could be my president. Uh -uh. And implemented the first of its kind in the nation, implicit bias and procedural justice training for police officers. It is why I created the first in the nation for any Department of Justice, an open data initiative that we named Open Justice, for the first time making transparent and showing the public statistics around deaths in custody, arrest rates by race, and making that information available to the public. But it ain't work, my sister, because police is still out here taking advantage of brothers and sisters in the community. You disgust me. It is with deep regret, but also with deep gratitude, that I am suspending our campaign today. In the end, Harris was polling only 5% with African-American voters, compared to 43% for Biden. You know, I thought we were supporting her. We put all of our resources behind her. We had the community coming out. You know, it's a shame, man. You know, we had a diversified candidate pool, and now black people is dropping out left and right, man. Psh. It's a shame what they did to Kamala, man. It's just, it ain't even right, man. Well, what's going on, everybody? Uh, as always, this is your boy, Jesse McCoy, coming to you with another episode of the Brothers in Law podcast. I am joined by the world's foremost leading legal humorist, Sean Carter. How are you doing? I'm doing doing well, man. I'm doing a little better than our sister uh, Kamala. Okay, okay. Not a good week for her. <laughs> well, in in a bit of shocking news, uh, Kamala Harris. We we didn't expect that. Well, at least I didn't expect that she was going to be getting out of the game so early. But uh, I knew once I saw that whole uh, issue with her backstabbing uh, campaign <laughs> secretary, leaving her to go. I think where'd she go to the Sanders campaign or the Biden campaign or wherever she went. Was it Bloomberg? No, nah, I don't think she went to Bloomberg. But but it was just the way she did it. Like you know, right. if you don't like the way somebody operates the campaign, then you can always either address the complaints with them or you know just leave and and don't say anything to the media. But this person basically was the dagger in the coffin. Right. For Kyle talking about all her struggles and how the campaign wasn't operating right. Now they're running out of money and all this stuff. And I'm like, wow, with, with campaigns stand like that, well, you don't need Republicans. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you're absolutely right. Now, the thing I found was interesting was the hand-wringing that us black folks were doing. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, we, 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 she was barely above Mayo, Mayo Pete with us until she dropped out. And then we're like, oh, the sister's gone. <laughs> and, and I want to ask you, because I don't have any insight here for sure, and I'm guilty of it myself. I wrote a post that day praising Elizabeth Warren, all right? right. Sister, right next to it, right? Just praising, you know, it, I don't know why Kamala couldn't connect with us. I mean, I, I think her major flaw was timing. 
Like, I think she came up in an era of strong prosecutors trying to send everybody to jail. Right. And now, all of a sudden, there's a push for progressive prosecution, criminal justice reform, uh, second chance acts, like things right. like that. And, and now she wants to run for president, but people can go back and look at all these things that happened on her watch uh, as DA and attorney general and now have criticisms, which may or may not be fair. Right. Right. I mean, the thing about it, though, is it's not like she was still, you know, pushing that tough on crime angle. She had, quote unquote, evolved herself. Right. Right. And, and, and we weren't willing to give her the benefit of the doubt. But Amy Klobuchar, who I think also was a prosecutor. Now, we're not. I guess caping for her either. Um, you know, but, 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 it's, but it was interesting. And, and I think, you know, here's, you know, a thought I had is that, and I get it. Part of us as black people is that we're almost always like this, but particularly with politics, we, we are, you know, going to take the safe route if possible. All right. So, you know, we go with the front runner, um, the establishment candidate. We were all with Hillary until Barack, you know, snuck up and, and won Iowa. Right. And, and you had, you know, big people, John Johnson, et cetera. And here's the thing is with us is that, and doing it wrong. We're like that with everything. I don't know about you, but my parents, their whole thing for me getting a college education was to be able to get me a job with some benefits. Right. Right. You know, we, we, we tend to, you know, things that have, we've been eluded from so long, we'd want to be, you know, participating in that, in that type of stuff. And, and as a result, here's, I think our challenge is, is that we constantly sort of back the you know, the biggest horse in the race as, as ways of security. But the problem with that, though, is that we don't get in early on the ground floor mm-hmm. with, 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 so for instance, Obama never was really beholden to us, even though we voted for him, because the people he was most beholden to were white people in Iowa. Right. Were, were people who had given him money when he couldn't get any money. Right. And, and, and I think, you know, and I understand why we do it and I'm not sure there's a way out of this, but, you know, maybe in the, in the future versus trying to glom on to the, you know, the, the, the big person. And we could actually, we got enough clout in the Democratic Party to actually choose our own candidate and to pick someone from the beginning and have them be beholden us. They didn't have any support until black people got them versus the other way around, which is we take the person who has all the support anyway and kind of jump on that bandwagon. And I think we might be selling ourselves a little short there. Well, I mean, I, I think that's the other realization that we're having in this election cycle, too. Like, people are starting to realize, and not just the whole tips, but like everybody is starting <laughs> to realize that for far too long, the black vote has been, you know, kind of taken for granted. Right. And I think uh, one of the things I liked about uh, Kamala Harris was that she actually addressed that in the last debate uh, and, and just oh, said, yes. you know, we, we get tired of your community continuously being overlooked, but yet always, you know, there's somebody coming to a church, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I think Pete Buttigieg was at a church <laughs> in Greenville, North Carolina this week. Uh, and yeah, people make the church appearance when they want our vote, but coming in and shouting hallelujah doesn't mean that they're going to enact policies that are going to be beneficial for our community. Absolutely. I think the other side of that too, though, is I think that black people are always going to be tougher on black candidates um, because for two reasons. Okay. So one, you're going to be tougher on black candidates because that's just par for the course. You got to be twice as good. To get <laughs> if you can't stand up to these criticisms from the barbershop and the beauty salon, then who are you to be on CNN? All right. that's, that's the first one. I think the second thing though is black people want to know that if we do 
uh, designate somebody, particularly a black person, mm-hmm. to go into office after the Obama experience. Okay. People want to know that that person is going to be vested in our community. All right. So I think everybody loves Obama, but I think the criticism that you hear after his term was over is, yeah, but what did he do specifically for us? Right. And we gave and, him a pass because he was the first one. He broke down the door. So we're going to live with that. But the second time, we're not going to just have anybody with a black face. And, 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 and I, and I get, and, and you know, that's, that all, I, it, that makes sense to me. You know, it, it's all logical and, and, uh, but you know, it does have its drawbacks that it leaves us, I think, you know, constantly sort of running after the front runner. Right. Um, and, and, and not, cause I mean, Biden isn't promising us eat, nothing either. As a matter of fact, Biden, Biden is promising white people that he definitely will give us nothing. <laughs> yeah, but four hours ago, he apparently told Politico that he would consider Kamala Harris as a running mate. So, I don't know. These politics make strange bedfellows. Well, I, I want to see them, and I want to see them on the stage together, right? After she done accused, uh, you know, I mean, she, she went after, you know, Joe Biden, like, you know, they dated for a while. Mm-hmm. He borrowed money from her, ran up her phone bill, and left some other woman's panties in her glove compartment for her car. <laughs> I mean, she went after him hard. <laughs> Yeah. I don't have I don't have a woman in in, in the world who, who 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 hates me as much as she hated Biden, right? <laughs> but you know that being said, you're right. It, it's amazing how these things would just flip around, and eventually they'll be like, you know, "What are you talking about? We we've been friends all along." And I mean, even Trump is as thin skinned as he is. He got Kellyanne Conway came for him, and Kellyanne was like, "He should never be president, ever, 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 ever." Forever, forever, right. ever. She did the whole thing on, on you know, CNN, and and so you're right. It, you know, people will flip um, in, in a minute. We only got C book left, and yep. um, I, I don't know how long we're gonna keep him. I, I gotta tell you, I like Corey. I I, I haven't really caped for him that hard because I'm the only one who seems like him. I mean, I like him. I think I like him better than Rosario does. I'm pretty sure. I'm almost positive of that. Definitely <laughs> like him better than New Jersey does. <laughs> Definitely. And um, and you know, and you know, he's another guy. I think I think it's the same thing you should say it, which is that after the Obama thing, if he come first, he'd been fine, right? Wow. He's got a lot of Obama in him, but because he came second, we're looking at all of his. I and mean, we we examine his voting record like 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 we actually do that with people. Right. right, we're in there like, wait a minute, no, 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 House Bill 207486. <laughs> you moved to put that amendment in paragraph C right after the comma. You know the one right there. Like, wow, yeah, right. we are into everything. And, you know, and, and it's kind of one hand, it's kind of like refreshing to see us, you know, out there, you know, flexing muscle and, and being, you know, astute and all that. Um, now, you said something that's interesting, and maybe we'll talk, we'll talk we'll, it's going to blow into a conversation we're going to have later, but... Is it right that we're so much harder on it, on ourselves than on other people? No, <laughs> it's not right. But, you know, it, it, there are a lot of factors that go into this, because whenever there is a black candidate, I think we're still operating from this impression that they have to have some degree of white buy in in order to win. Right. So there's this concern that white people are going to like you. But oftentimes the thing that's challenging for me is if white people like you, then a lot of times those interests are counter Thank you. to what black people want. So it's like you want somebody who 
will be relatable and understand the black plight and conditions and what we fix stuff for us, but also acceptable by a white demographic who uh, is going to largely benefit from our cheap well, well, and that's and the thing is, you know, what makes them acceptable, though, normally is the extent to which they are anti-black. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I don't mean just in the sense that, you know, they, they're well-spoken and light-skinned and all that. Right. But I mean the fact that, you know, Obama's claim to fame and I've, I've studied his speech as a speaker. You know, he goes from being nobody. No one knows he is. He's a state candidate, you know, a candidate for states or you know, a state senator. Right. Who's running for you know, the U.S. Senate out of Illinois to, you know, one of the most popular people on the planet from a speech. Right. right? 16 minutes and 37 seconds. And that speech is entirely saying, you know, we're one America. We come together as one people. Only in America would my story even be possible. And and, and part of me is like, uh, brother, you, you could have got elected in Kenya. And, and America ain't the only place that would have elected your black butt, right? <laughs> but his story was like so, his speech was so comforting to white people, right, that it, you know, it, it propelled him. And so a lot of that is, you know, if he got there and said, hey, by the way, your cops are killing too many brothers, right? We right. want our reparations now, right? We want you <laughs> <laughs> to get Flavor Flav's ignorant ass off the air, right? You know, and all the stuff that you know would have been, <laughs> he would have, he, he, you know, he would have, he wouldn't have turned out well at all, right? But I'm, but I'm kind of waiting for that. Like, I, I do think, particularly in a primary season, we need that voice only right. because I think that the only way that you're going to get mainstream candidates to focus on black issues and things that relate to us specifically is if you have the quote unquote loudmouth black person who's going to throw it out there in the media every opportunity they get and maybe they know they're not winning but they're an issue candidate right so they're throwing black issues out there every time the TV comes on white people are appalled right but if enough of them listen and start veering that way even if the person's not going to win in an election every percentage point makes a difference. So let's say that person commands 8% of the vote, right. but the two front runners are both sitting at, you know, 42, right? right. At some point, you're going to have to talk to them. No, no, to we, we don't, we don't even need that anymore. You know why? We, we got Michael Harriet <laughs> from the root. I don't right. know about you, but think about you, write, you think about it. You write to think pieces I do all the time. I looked at that brother and I was like, now that is who I should have been, what I want to be when I grow up. Right. Where, right. where, where Mayo Pete had to come off the campaign trail to call you. <laughs> now, is this okay, Michael? And to those of you who don't know, Michael Herod, great writer, great writer. Um, and one of the very smart brothers, right? Um, but, you know, works for The Root now, writes for The Root and other places. But he wrote a piece, um, entitled What Pete Buttigieg is a Lion MF. Right. And it went viral. And basically he talked about how Pete Buttigieg had, you know, falsely and, and I think probably disingenuously claimed that the reason black students didn't do as well in you know in their schools was because of black people and you know, young people had never seen role models and had never understood that college might be helpful to them as opposed to all the structural reasons as to why it happens right, right? <laughs> and, and so Michael Harriet would call him out on it but Buttigieg got so much the next day he calls him and lets Michael Harriet yell at him right because Michael Harriet said I just talked for, for, for 25 minutes and he sat there and listened I'm like now that's power when you when 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 young Mr. Perfect White Boy has to call you 
and you get to curse him out for 30 minutes. Yeah, but I, I guess I'm still trying to figure out what Mayor Pete's angle is in this. Like, he, he's been doing a lot of black stuff. All right. But I don't, I don't no, see it sticking. No, it isn't. But he he recognizes, and he recognized too late, you know. And and it's what kills me about like Bernie Sanders. I like Bernie last time. I like his policies, right? They're liberal, mm-hmm. great. But Bernie had four years, right? To to you know, I I I I, 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 I joke recently, but I'm I'm serious. You know, by now he should be Bernie X. He should be wearing goofy. <laughs> he should be, you know, flanked by 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 the, by the foyer from Fruit of Islam, right? You know, every speech should be, you know, Asalakum Healthcare, right? I mean, he should be <laughs> because here's the thing about it: is you can't get the nomination without the black vote, right? But you can't start to, to, to care about black people oh four four months before the election, right? right? You know, he had four years to get his black cred. You know, intact, and he just, you know, you know, and he still isn't even begging for the vote. So at least Mayor Pete is out there begging for it. Now he ain't gonna do nothing for us if he got it, but at least he he respects the process. Bernie's like, look, I'll get enough, you know, um, you know, butthurt white boys that I don't need y'all, uh, <laughs> and that's not gonna work for him. You you got to get my mama if you want to be a Democratic nominee. I don't know how to tell you that, but you got to get her. Yeah, I mean. I think at the end of the day, I feel like there is one candidate that has already surpassed everybody else. And it's the president that we deserve, mm-hmm. but we don't no. deserve at the same no, time. No, you say right. She, she, she's, the great, she, she's the president we don't deserve. Right? We ain't good enough for her. We're not worthy. Right. And that, and that is Elizabeth Warren. I feel like, you know, one, I, I'm just amazed at the number of political pundits that I hear trying to criticize her intelligence. And I'm like, <laughs> she teaches tax law at Harvard. Like, <laughs> I don't understand how you get criticized that. Then, um, you know, you know, of- they wouldn't let me, I went to Harvard too, but they wouldn't let me teach finger, finger painting <laughs> at Harvard elementary school. All right. They don't, you know, and then you know how this works. You know, they don't play. It, it, here's the weird part is I don't care how, you know, to get to be on the Harvard faculty, you know, you had to go to school on the moon, right? You can't, you can't, they didn't even accept <laughs> no Harvard stuff. Seriously, I've been to, you know, dozens of schools to speak. I spoke at just law schools, how we met, right? Right. right. You think Harvard invited me to speak? I, I like to believe they did. No, hell no. Get your black ass out of here. You ain't, you ain't nobody. You just went here. You ain't shit, right? <laughs> you, you better be president of something. Now Obama can go back and speak uh, now that he's been president. Uh, maybe. But uh, they don't play up in there, right? And so, you know, it, she is, she's brilliant. And she's relatable. I mean, not just relatable because, you know, that could be BS. But, you know, her stories, you know, I, I believe it. Here's the thing about it is I'm sure she's a millionaire. Right, she mm-hmm. has to be. She, you know, but 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 I never see that when I see her. I see somebody who would be like, who would be saying, "Sean, uh, can I get that Netflix password?" Right, <laughs> and so I, 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 you know, I really like this, the woman, but but you know, I'm, I I mentioned before, I'm concerned that um, you know, women and and, and not sisters, but 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 the other women uh, aren't going to go for that. Well, you know, you we've seen this play out before, right? Um, this is this is the most amazing thing about this campaign season. We have a freaking president who is currently in impeachment. 
<laughs> and he's not even sweating the electric, and he still got a very good shot right. at winning the Rios. It's hilarious. Well, you know, not just that, but like for instance, today they were recording here. He actually ran out of NATO after throwing a fit and calling Justin <laughs> Trudeau two faced. Two faced. Now, now, have you heard that outside of fifth? I thought he was going to break into double dutch. All right, I ain't heard that since uh, sixth grade playground. Two faced, really? The president doesn't have you know duplicitous in his vocabulary, right? Uh, disingenuous, two faced, really? Yeah, I mean, but nobody's he out. But he ran out. He's just like, you know what? That's it. Y'all don't like me here. You appreciate me? I'm leaving. Right. Right. I'm, I'm every right. day. It's got them. It's got them. You know, housewives of of Orange County every damn day in the White House. Right. And he's not worried about reelection. He he thinking about his third term. How he can get the Constitution amendment amended. Right. Right. Every day I'm sitting here looking at Republicans in these uh in these hearings. Do all kinds of mental Confucian level calculus <laughs> uh, to to basically tell us what we hear people saying he did didn't really happen the way that they said it happened, even though they were there and part of what happened. So it's like, it's like oh, I, you- I love it. You know, I love that when when they say, you know, believe me, not the lie, your lying eyes, and the report that you're reading for right. in front of your face. <laughs> That says that, but don't believe that. Um, it, 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 it's, it's amazing. Um, but you know, they're not the only ones out there who are trying to, you know, pull a fast one. Um, and we not, we got to get to it. We even got some video. Uh, we got to talk about your boy, uh, Chicago police. Oh, I'm sorry, former Chicago police superintendent, uh, Eddie, um, will be the word for it. Um, uh, oh, oh my God! We have to figure it out. But, uh, but, but, but Eddie Johnson uh, don't seem to be able to handle his liquor so well. Yeah. So, for those of you who may be vaguely remembering who this person is, uh, Eddie Johnson or Carl Winslow, as we call him, <laughs> uh, Eddie Johnson, the police chief of Chicago, the guy who uh, had some unsavory things to say about. Justice Smollett and that whole situation. Uh, he accused Justice Smollett. I think we have video of this, uh, of all these egregious errors and yes, all stop. this deception. Oh, yeah, exactly. Stop because we need to hear his words and how sanctimoniously he comes off. Let's, let's, let's listen to this. So listen, um, and, and to give you context, this is right after the prosecutor said we're not going to charge Jesse for a false police statement because we ain't charged nobody yet. All right, but we're not going to charge him. And and Eddie Johnson, brother, is so mad about this. Mm-hmm. He gets into a press conference with Rob Emanuel on his on you know on his, on, his, on his hip, and this is what he says. I'm sure we all know what what occurred this morning. Uh, my personal opinion is that you all know where I stand on this. Um, do I think justice will serve? No. What do I think justice is? I think this city is still old an apology. And, and let me digress for a moment. When I came on this job, I've been a cop now for about 31 years. When I came on this job, I came on with my honor, my integrity, and my reputation. If someone accused me of doing anything that would circumvent that, then I would want my day in court, period, to clear my name. 
I've heard that they wanted their day in court with TV cameras so America could know the truth. But no, they chose to hide behind secrecy and broker a deal to circumvent the judicial system. So, so we got to be clear here. His honor and integrity and good name are so important to him that even if they said we're not going to prosecute, he said, no, 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 you're going to prosecute me, damn it. Because we ain't going to have nobody thinking that, 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 that Carl Winslow here ain't the man of honor and integrity. Integrity. <laughs> uh, let's, let, let's see, uh, just, just a few months later, um, what happened and what the mayor had to say about his uh, integrity. And here we have a news clip from uh, a local news station here at the uh, ABC. Multiple news outlets are reporting that Johnson on that night in question was seen drinking for several hours at a downtown bar with a woman who's not his wife. In addition, the Chicago Tribune is reporting that when Johnson was later approached by officers in his vehicle, he flashed his police star and drove away. At a hastily called news conference, the mayor said she'd been lied to. It has become clear that Mr. Johnson engaged in a series of actions that are intolerable for any leader in a position of trust. The firing of Eddie Johnson comes weeks after police found him slumped over in his car. Johnson initially blaming a change in medication. Should I do better with that medication? And there's a couple people not too happy with me. Though Johnson later admitted to Mayor Lightfoot he'd had a couple drinks that night, the two embraced last month as they announced Johnson's end-of-the-year retirement. But the mayor said after reviewing evidence, including body cam footage from an inspector general probe, she decided Johnson was done. The mayor offering few details out of respect for Johnson's wife and children. Mm -mm. Wait a so he was about to retire the end of the year, if I'm not mistaken, uh, is later this month. <laughs> this fool couldn't wait, you know, two months before acting a fool. And let's be clear, what we what we know from, by the way, surveillance is he was drinking, drinking, drinking out at a bar with some woman. And I guess they they we got him kissing, I think, on on, on some surveillance camera. Yep, yep. Uh, and, but he then passed out behind the wheel of his car. Mm mm. Um, which part when the police came to get him, the 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 being a sixty-something-year-old man who who don't know that alcohol is intoxicating, or uh, kissing other women in public uh, when you married, which one you want to handle? I'm, I'm gonna deal with kissing the other women. In all right, public. all right, all right. You you, you take it, take that one. All right. So everybody is kind of uh, tiptoeing around the issue, and they're saying that he was out with a woman that is not his wife, right? Mm -hmm. Now, depending on the reports that you read, there may be more to this story. And what we mean by that is, allegedly, uh, he also provided that woman a promotion to his security detail. So now we're dealing with employer, employee, dating. Me too. Uh, me too movement stuff, which certainly in 2019, you know better, right? Right. <laughs> this, this is done. So, um, so there's that. No, 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 let's be clear. He knows better, but, uh, that's how he gets the women. His, his current wife is, is a police officer. Mm -hmm. Right? You know, yeah. he, 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 uh, how do I say that? The biggest part of his game is, uh, I, I can get you a promotion in a 401k. <laughs> well, if you look at him, you kind of see why he has. Oh, oh, I know. I, I get it. Yeah. 
So, you know, and, and I think one of the interesting things here is Mayor Lori Lightfoot is in the process of trying to change the image of Chicago. Um, and, you know, you can't change Chicago until you change the police department, which good luck, Lori. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're rooting for you, sister, but uh, <laughs> I hope you didn't quit your day job. Uh, right, right, you right. to go back to it. No, it's, it's I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy. You know, just from a, a, a simple standpoint, maybe we can, you know, hopefully impart some lessons to 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 the young people. So hear, hear me out. If, if you're if you're under what uh, seventy, um, how do I say this? Actually, I guess if you older than say uh, twenty two, uh, you're not supposed to get that drunk. Uh, yeah. I, Right. I mean, to me, his story would be like a grown man coming to me and going, "Man, I ate so much ice cream, I puked." And it's like, "No, no, no. That's what you do when you're six. All right. By the time you're seven, you learn how much ice cream you can handle. All right. Um, I, I, you a grown man. This is ridiculous. Um, that that you even got yourself in, in that position. And by the way, brother, let me tell you something. You make. I looked at it. He was making two hundred and sixty thousand dollars a year. Uh, mm. you can afford the Motel Six. It's been a long time since I've been to one. They're about thirteen dollars when I went. They, they might be, I don't know, they might be a hundred now. I don't know. Uh but you were making two hundred and sixty thousand uh, dollars. get a room. Come on, brother. You out in the park somewhere. What the, what kind of stuff is that? You out there necking what would you gonna be in a drive in movie next? Brother, really, brother? I don't know. I, I am waiting for additional accusations to come out and say that this was a prostitute situation. <laughs> no, remember, she's a police trainee. No, what you what you should be looking for is the 30 other women in the department. <laughs> right. Like, right. wait a minute, that's my promotion. You know right. what I mean? That's my promotion? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, man, and, and this is the crazy part. So he, he first of all, and I, I apologize in advance, but I have to go there. Mm-hmm. Um in 2017, he was just coming back to the force after a freaking kidney transplant. So you drinking on somebody else's <laughs> Hey, they wasn't using it. Damn it. <laughs> then when, when, he, when he passes out drunk in the park, the police ride up, they see him, and his response is to flash his badge and drive off. Because that's his way of saying, I'm your boss. Thank you. You need to back up off me. I get certain privileges that everybody else ain't. Here's the thing: I love that he's drunk, right? He he don't seem to remember he married anymore. He don't remember <laughs> how to get him a hotel where, where right. he lived, but he know he a cop and he right. got privileged, right? He he remember that part, right? Absolutely, he wasn't that drunk? And uh, no, man, you know this, this brother all around, and I guess the only thing that makes it sweet is that you know it, what he did to Jesse, Jesse. And it's, and it's, and it, I love the fact he talked about all the integrity part, right? He didn't talk about technical violation of the law, but how his good name, well, brother. Why don't you try to clear your good name now? I ain't seen you nowhere. <laughs> clear your good name. Get your date in court. Thank you. Right. Get your day in court. Don't let them tag about you. You would not stand for that, right? You need to challenge this. Um, by the way, uh, let's be clear. Just because the police chief uh, is, is wrong here and don't have no sense, uh, I'm going to still say it, and I'm going to lose a few black points. I'm down about 38, but I'm going to lose some black points. But I'm going to say it, though. Uh, that don't mean that Jesse, Jesse telling the truth. <laughs> 
He's supposed to be having a defamation action coming. This would be a great time to oh. drop the complaint. <laughs> I know you're wrong. I'm, I'm rooting for him to win it. I, but I still, if I was on the jury, I, I would give him the money. All right, but that's beside the point. <laughs> I, I, I've been black too long to think he out in the middle of the, of the polar vortex for, for for Subway sandwich. In fact, I went to Subway yesterday because I because it's all it's all Jesse, not Jesse, but Jesse's fault is why I'm in Subway. <laughs> I'm trying to eat like Jared now. I don't know if you explained to the podcast audience what's been going on with your life personally. Jesse, oh. I don't know if it's a midlife crisis, but he decided he wanted to leave Team Chubby and, and, and get all <laughs> on, on, on Team Swole. So he's been in the gym. Now he, my wife is talking to me. That's what got me. She's looking, she's like, you know, Jesse looking good. I'm like, oh, damn. Now I got to get in the gym. <laughs> no, nah, man. What, what happens is eventually, you know, I just got tired of being sick and tired. So right. <laughs> I would, you know, I remember my son wanted to go outside and play all of me, which we love to play football. And I was putting my shoes on and I fell asleep while I was putting my shoes on. <laughs> and I missed football. I woke up. It's dark. He's oh. And I'm like, man, how was I this tired? And blah, blah, blah. And then I woke up and I was out of breath from trying to tie my shoe. So I was like, man, this is just not the type of fatherhood that I wanted to embrace. Uh, so I was like, you know, it, it, I need to start. I've been telling, you know, and my wife and my son, I'm going to get back on it. And I just started doing it. I would force myself to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, go to the gym because it opens at 530, work out, come home, shower, get ready for the day. First couple weeks, very difficult to transition over. But now it's like clockwork. Like now I look forward to it. And uh, the goal is to lose 50 pounds before the summer. All right. Um, I told so you we're going to be in bikinis. Me and you right. going back to right. bikinis. That's right. I'm trying to be on somebody's beach. Hopefully not in America. But, uh, but you know, I will take America if that's where I got to be. Uh, but I just don't want to be feeling like I'm tired or wear a T-shirt to go into the pool. That's never never cool, man. Oh, I gotta, please. I got I got a whole assortment of them. I got, I got every color. I, got, I, got, I, I don't just have T-shirts. I got matching. They match this trunks, right, but don't match that trunk. Uh, that, that's definitely my jam. Because um, I'm older and been, been, been fatter longer. But, yeah, no. I, but if you inspired me, I was like, oh, I got to get my stuff together. And you're absolutely right, man. I Because even 10 years ago, I was skinny, you know. I was I, I was in shape, and right. I but I had been you know chubby before and, and lost the weight, lost about sixty five pounds, and just having your body back, right? You right. want to do something, you can do it. You don't have to think now. We got to make bargains and calculations. Like, well, okay, if I get up off the couch now, what am I going to do in twenty minutes when I got to go to the bathroom, right? Because right? uh, I can't get up twice in one day, right? You know, you start making weird weird, weird bargains with yourself. I knew it was bad for me when I was online looking for um something to help me put on my socks mm. i'm like wait a minute i gotta get a device you know you gotta get like a long stick because right. you can't reach right and i'm like this don't make no sense now right right and you man. know they get they get over on um big and tall too man because if if you once you cross out of that like one x to two x threshold mm-hmm. then they start charging you more for the same shirt that everybody else got and it doesn't look as hot Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm paying more to look worse. I don't like this. Yeah, uh, yeah well, you know, you, the only way to do it is this. I, a few years ago, you know, decided that, you know, I, I could beat the system. And so I went out and bought some Spanx. Okay. For men. And they make them. Now, first of all, the compression t-shirt is $80 a pair. Eesh. Right? So I had a conference, few-day conference. I bought 
$250 of, 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 of man draws. You know how many, that's <laughs> every pair of draws I've ever bought, right? $250, right? Right, right. I, I, I'm wearing the, 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 these compression shirts and I find out that yes, it does, you know, pull the belly down or whatever, but what it does is, is that the fat's gotta go somewhere. So it just rounds you out and, and, and you end up looking voluptuous. <laughs> Which is great for a woman. You got curves on <laughs> the right places, right? <laughs> but but I'm sitting there looking uh as as they would say now what thick right <laughs> I, 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 I'm a goddamn thought right <laughs> so I hear you man I'm be in the gym with you well to different time zone five a.m. I that's my more I get in there that's my time too and uh, we'll be you that's know great. feeling the pain together because yeah no you ain't no no you what, what we ain't gonna do is have you in here looking all dark and lovely right. <laughs> <laughs> And shit, and, you know, I'm here looking at, you know, damn near light skin and, skin and fat. No, 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 we ain't doing that. No, no, we ain't doing that at all. Well, the the key here for everybody, if you didn't already know, uh, podcast award nominations are going in, I think, for iHeartRadio around this time. So definitely go ahead and fill out a nomination form for our podcast. But if we get invited, and, and lo and behold, if we win an award, we have to look the part. We can't just go up there and not be on point. I think the award is in like New York. We gotta be on point. Right? I agree. You never know if Spike Lee might be there, Spielberg, Rosario Dawson. You just don't know who's gonna be there, and <laughs> we gotta be ready uh, for the opportunities that that lie ahead of us. So you know, a lot of people are enjoying our podcast now. We put it out, and they get it uh, for free and all that stuff. And we've been talking about sponsorships and joking here and there, but the day is gonna come where this is going to all be repackaged and commercially presented to you. And there's going to be advertisers and all that stuff. It doesn't just happen overnight. That's the stuff that happens when you combine talent with opportunity. And that's all we're waiting for is an opportunity. Or we could go the Zimmerman route and maybe try to sue somebody for a hundred million dollars. <laughs> oh, we're going to try yeah, to be yeah. lighthearted about this. I know both of us are, are sick to our stomach. Is that Zimmerman announced a $100 million lawsuit against the parents of the baby he murdered. Right. Right. And it's alleging malicious prosecution, defamation, conspiracy, and abusive process. Uh, assume, I'm assuming, based on the information presented, the conspiracy is that they believe Rachel Gentel, the, the woman who was Trayvon Martin's friend, testified on the stand, caught a lot of ridicule that was unnecessary. Um, they're, they're making an argument that she is not the real Rachel Gentil. Apparently they have found this other person who is claiming to be, or who they are claiming, Rachel Gentil, and she says that the person that came to the trial to testify was somebody else. They were staged. They uh, were coached on what to say. Um, I, I don't understand the point of argument given the fact that he was acquitted. So uh, yeah, I, I, Exactly. I, I can tell you. I already broke the case for you. I can save you much okay. time. What they got is they got Rachel Dollars on. Yeah, right. right. She gonna go up there and say she was Trayvon's girlfriend, and she 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 lied all she was about trying to be black. I know she can lie about this. All right, um, <laughs> and I'm, we're not gonna fall for it. We fell for it once. Made it head of the local NJBCP. We're not doing it again. All right, sister, you you we, we you fooled us once. All right, 
it's horrible. I think about this. That'd be like if I ran over somebody's baby in my car right. and then sued them for a new set of tires because <laughs> they done scuffed my tires, right? right. And I'm like, you don't kill somebody's baby. You need to at the. I mean, you, the fact that you know you you free and, and and ain't getting beat up all the time. Um, you need to be thankful. You suing them? Oh, please. Fortunately, I don't see where he has any case. I have never seen a lawsuit filed. OJ did not sue the Goldmans. Right. 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 How do you sue the people who, you know, you, whose baby you may or may not have killed, okay, unlawfully? You know, that doesn't happen, right? They sue, you know, what should have been is that the Martin should have been suing him, right, right civilly, because remember the standard of proof there is preponderance of evidence, but they didn't sue him because his broke ass ain't got the money. Mm-hmm. And now he's going to come back and try to sue them. Um, Zimmerman, if you, if, if, if you listen, first of all, stop listening to our podcast. The hell with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and two, you, you know, you know what you can do. Right. I'm I'm just impressed at this point at how how long he's been able to make it. You know, we got people in the culture who claim how thug thugged out they are. In my own hometown right now, we got gang initiation season going on and every night it's the saddest stories about people who murdered other folks that look like them in other communities where I used to live at. And I'm thinking to myself, all these people who want to be part of an organization, a criminal underworld, whatever. But George Zimmerman is walking around <laughs> clear as day. He's not hiding from nobody. Not that I'm wishing death on anybody, but why is he still alive? Like, <laughs> I'm just curious about that. I, you know, I, 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 that's an existential question about whether people can change over time and all that. But I do know that we got to talk about that's made the big news this weekend. You know, as soon as I woke up, everybody was talking about Billy D. Oh, and I'm like, did he smack another woman? No. All right, good. All right, Billy D has changed. He's not doing that. Uh, Billy G, Billy D, allegedly was gender fluid. <laughs> right. Which it doesn't even sound right when you put it together because I'm just <laughs> the concept of an 82 year old black man being hip to new age terminology right. and classifications. I don't see it. Like I don't see it. I don't know if you all know. You may not be familiar with a lot of 82 year old black men, <laughs> but the most some of the most offensive people in the world. <laughs> gonna be all 82 year old. Black man, because there's no reason to really be PC anymore. Now, well, I, they, they can't get you, they can't, no one can dox you. That, that's right. what's killing me is old people have got a pass. They can do what they want to, want to do. Right. Also, this brother, um, it looked like he's still wearing a perm. <laughs> so if your hairstyle is in 1965, your mindset ain't going to be in 2019. <laughs> All right, that, that, that don't work, right? Um, the other thing that was, and, and so what happened was there was an original, I think, Esquire interview, and they asked Billy really some questions, and he gave answers that were actually enlightened, really cool answers about how, yeah, he, he you know, he, he braces his feminine side. Right. He's not just always such a macho guy. He's not tough, and he can tell people he loves them and all that. And they kind of confused that with the idea of gender fluidity. Right. Not being an asshole all the time is not the same thing as sometimes identifying as being a woman. Right. right. As men, we should all aspire, right, to the first part. Um, <laughs> you know, you should be able to wear a pair of Tims and still not be a jerk all the time, right? Right, right, right. And, and so the idea here was sort of Billy, so I think someone probably explained to Billy, you know, one of, one of his grandkids called him 
And we're like, Daddy, you know, Granddaddy, can I borrow those pumps you've been wearing? <laughs> and he's like, what? And so he had to have another interview with somebody like, oh, no, 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 let's get this straight. Right. <laughs> I still like my Colt 45. All right. <laughs> I'm still, you know, Billy D. You know, yeah, I think he said he was uh, reading some classic um, work about being in touch with your feminine energies and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and, and so he was trying to explain this thing, which, I mean, I don't know if it necessarily helps. It just like <laughs> made it weirder, but at least I know he's reading, so that's good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and here's the thing, but I love that stuff. As men, you know, we, you know, it's horrible, this box we put ourselves in. Right. Where you got to be this unfeeling, uncaring, you know, you, you know, will be the word for it, you know, machine all the time. You know, men don't cry, right? right? You know, you think about it, if you laugh, you should better cry a little bit, right? 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 We, right. we allow that, right? You know, you you know, you only can can have affection for for people if you're trying to you know get naked with them. Right, so you you never you know you know hug and kiss your sons and your boys and you, you know you, and, and then you end up wondering why you know none of us are trust none of us can be trusted around anybody. That's mm-hmm. not our wives, right? Because because all we've ever learned is is, is every is touch is sexual, and so right. there's a bunch yeah. of stuff about you know the way we do manhood where we really got it. You know, and Billy has got the right idea here, but he wanted to explain it. You know, you could still be sensitive and reasonable, and I don't know, like I said, you know, <laughs> you know, have underwear with a slit in the front of it. Yeah, and and I think that in and of itself is a is a podcast episode because I didn't really appreciate the value of affection. So my friends will tell you, if if you knew me when, before my child was getting here, mm. I had all these ideas of how I was going to raise my kid. <laughs> and I was going to raise my kid. Once I found out he was a boy, oh, yeah. it was like, okay, your life is over. We're like, <laughs> I was going to raise my kid to be a young man, a soldier, and I was going to raise him very similar to how I was raised. Okay. It's like, no, everything you do is wrong. You're going to have chores as soon as you come out the womb. Like, we... <laughs> We got, you know, pecking order in here. Uh, and, and, and what happened was when my son was born and, you know, all the joy and happiness that he brought into the whole, it just, it didn't register the same way. Like I, I actually enjoyed like spending quality time. I mean, even now when he asked me questions, he uh, finally, you know, has a little crush in his school and it's cool to like, you know, be able to talk and pass on information. And, you know, actually get affection and hear what he has to say. All the things that I didn't experience, like, growing up. Because I was like, wow, people, kids actually have opinions. And maybe we should should listen to them. Yeah, I I grew up in a definite grown folks are talking here era, right? Right, right. You know, we we wanted to have nothing to hear, and 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 the thing about it though is I totally you know get it. And th- I mean, I grew up you know with a mom who loved me to death, right? Still do. You think my mother when she comes by, she hugs me? Now she'll hug the kids, right? You know, do the grandma thing. But you know, I I I don't, I don't think I touched my mother since since what since I was four. Um, <laughs> you know, that's not healthy if the right. woman that you closest in the world to you know you you never touch but the only woman you ever touch is a woman you know you know you really touch right it's right. like that gives you a warped perspective right of touch right? right and it's just like you know those types of things you know so my boys you know i'm i'm, I'm kissing them and, and they're like man really I, I, i'm damn near married myself i'm like i don't care 
I'm, I'm just you and your kids. All right. <laughs> but you know, trying to exactly trying to you know sort of you know reverse that. that and I don't think you know that's anything that's that's. that's but I think that's you know all men across the board, mm-hmm. where we just you know an American culture that macho thing. You know, and I still find myself doing it with my son. I you know I have to admit that he, he told me about something that bothered him at school, mm-hmm. and, and really bothered him. And I asked the question, you know, did you cry? And, and my concern was that if he cried, then other people would have saw he cried, right? And they would ruin his childhood. He'd be cry, baby boy, whatever, right? Right, right. Versus, you know, the idea of like, you know, I, I, you know, trying to sort of in, versus the idea of like, I don't know, if you're hurt, right? Maybe you should cry. It's a more healthy mm-hmm. thing. Maybe you shouldn't. Instead, I bet you those fools who show up to school, they don't cry either. No, no, you're right. You're right. Right, so hopefully we'll get better with, with that. Um, the last thing I want to talk about, because actually I'm going to see it tomorrow, uh, Queen and Slim. Queen and Slim. Lena Waithes. Uh, I think it's actually her, at least film, directorial debut. It is. And she just, you know, I, I looked her up wiki the other day, you know, a lot of big things um, she, she, she's been in part of. But this is her first film, like I said, you know, that she's really, you know, I think she's co-producer or whatever, but she's really, you know, her baby. Right. Right. And now, in fairness, it hasn't been all criticism. There's been, you know, some reviews, people like it and some didn't like it, et cetera. And, you know, it kind of made me, I, I went on this high horse and, 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 you know, probably overstepped my bounds, but a little too rough probably, but really sort of exhorting black people. But I really have to say this, you know, when a black movie comes out, we should be the first people to be giving it a shot. Right? right, and every time a black movie comes out, whether it's Harriet, Birth of a Nation, um, uh, let's see, uh, um, the Nina Simone movie, it's always something. The director, um, you know, uh, you know, owe me thirty dollars. Um, the, the 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 Vice Grip one time tweeted something, you know, that was a, 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 a slight against Haitian Americans. You know, just, I mean, you know, it's always something that you give us a reason to say we, we need to stay away from theater. And the bottom line is we don't have enough black movies. I could right. literally afford to go to see every black movie made, right? I could see every black movie that was ever been made, right? On probably $100, $200 right. at most, right? It's like we don't get enough of our stories that we can be picky. So my thought is is that even if it's not good, you go out there and you give it a shot. And I tell you why. Because we see crappy white entertainment all the time. Mm-hmm. I've seen four toy stories. You going to tell me all four of those movies were good? I saw all three cars, including the one they did. I, I saw the plane. I, I, I've seen every Marvel movie. They weren't mm-hmm. all Black Panther. Okay, you know, it's like we will see crappy white entertainment all the time. And so my idea with black movie is if you make a black movie, I'm going to go see it. Now, I might not like it later. I might curse you out. But you don't get my 850. You entitled as a black person to get my 850 or if you make a movie. (laughs) Because they don't let everybody make a movie. That's true. That's true. Well, I guess it's confession time. Uh, I didn't pay for Harriet. I saw Harriet. <laughs> I saw Harriet on bootleg. Yeah, oh, come on. <laughs> I saw Harriet on bootleg. Now, I know you how you justified it in your mind. And let's talk about this guy. <laughs> well, you justify it. You said, I'm supporting black uh, black business entrepreneur, right? Because I'm sure you didn't buy a bootleg from some white boy. That's half right. 
That's half uh, right. So what you should have done is gone see it in the theater and bought the bootlegs so you can have it at home. But you you do both, and then you then you double supporting black right black people. Uh, <laughs> 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 now now what about you like Harriet right? Uh, I mean, oh, so give me give me your, give me a critique on Harriet. Okay, so everybody knows I'm just a black history like buff. Good I point. love history, okay. history in action. I really feel like they sanitized a lot of Harriet Tubman's life story to make it more presentable to a wider audience, if that makes sense. <laughs> no, so, no, you you mispronounced that. A whiter audience. A white yes. audience. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that as a person who I was in the theater. Renee and I went to a matinee, right? So mm-hmm. in a matinee, of course, you're not going to find a lot of young people, right? And we were right. the youngest people in there by about 40 years. And remember, we're 50, and it was all old white people in the theater. And you're right; they gave it a they, they gave it applause. Now, when you clap at a screen when ain't nobody at behind it, right? You know you like it. So you might be right. So yeah, it might have been sanitized a little too much because white people were walking out of there like you know naming their kids Harriet, right? They loved it. Oh man! And then the think pieces. Oh my god! So I got into it because one of the clerks, when I was doing my court cases, was like, "Oh, you ain't seen it yet." Oh, because I got a problem, but I don't want to tell you about it until you seen it. And I could tell from her hand actions that it was a serious problem. (laughs) It's a race problem or it's a a black male, black female issue. And when I was watching the movie, um, I don't know how much I can give away as far as spoilers, but let's just say the family structure was somehow (laughs) shifted very quickly in a two-year period. Right. Right. And apparently this was a big deal. Like people were upset because they were like, she done did all this to come back to get you to, to bring you up north and you shacking up. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's something to be said about having to include those details, but not including any of the important oppression and, and her resistance. Right. <laughs> so, like you take out her time in the, United States military fighting in the Civil War. You take out uh, all the time, all of her trips going down south and freeing people. Uh, you take out some of the violent confrontations that she had to have. You take all that out, but you include the breakdown of the black family. <laughs> <laughs> but, but here's the thing about it is, you know, this is a movie made by black people, right? Right. <laughs> and, and, and so, you know, my thought about that is, is like, you know what? You didn't make the perfect movie, but you know what? I'm, I'm guessing you'd have made it better than I would have. Mm. All right, because I'd had my, my ass in there somewhere for one. All right, you know that that would have been bad. Being nineteen, you know, eighteen, you know, sixty-five, you got some black legal humorous running around the country, right. right? You know that wouldn't have worked at all. But the point is, is like people make these decisions, and I would understand a little better if the critiques were coming from a you know a, a black filmmaker, right? Like, you know, Peel, whatever. But you know, uh, just because you get a blog, because uh, I got seven, they they free. All right, just because you got a blog don't make you a damn film critic, all right? And, and you know, the interesting thing about black, the, the experience I'm having is that for a black movie, it's got to be perfect, right? So even the things you liked about it, but why didn't like this one scene? Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, who does that? You know, we don't do that with anybody else's entertainment, right? You just simply sit down and you watch entertainment, you take the parts you like and not, and you don't have to like every black movie, but I don't think it should be a point where we're now boycotting black movies. We don't have enough movies to boycott. Now, if we had, you know, if that's what I love about it, you know, there's 700 white movies, right? They can right. be selective. They can, they can right. pick and choose, be like, oh, I don't like her hair. That's it. 
But we need, and I've, I've saw some of the critiques about um, Harriet. They were mad about the stuff the sister, the, the Harriet had said, right? Personal, in her personal life. My understanding is that she's not, um, you know, a, a Negro in the sense that she's black, but but not in the fact that she's American-based, you know, descendant of slavery, right? American descendant or African descendant of slavery, but rather she's from, you know, a more recent immigrant. And so I guess she had said some things, you know, that that, that were, you know, anti, um, you know, would be the word for it. You know, other black people. It's just many black statements or whatever. And that oftentimes, you know, we probably, we probably do a podcast episode about the, you know, the, 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 the tug sometimes between, you know, descendants of slaves and, and newer black people in, in America. Right. And, 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 but I was like, look, you gonna hold the whole movie hostage to her? Mm. She's playing a part, right? And, and the fact that you don't like her personally and the things she did, we're going to now make sure that the next black movie can't get made. Because the thing about it is, is that, you know, it costs a lot of money to make a movie. And eventually, people will say, well, we're not giving you the money. Right. Right? And, and I have to admit, if you came to me and said, Sean, I got this movie for, 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 I got this great idea for a black movie. And we can do this and do that. And I need, oh, I don't know, $22 million. Uh, I'm going to say, one, I don't have it. But two, if I had it, I'm going to say, um... Do you think we can get, uh, uh, how about Angelina Jolie? Can we get her to play this? Can we make her Miss Jane Pittman? Because I don't, some sister's gonna be mad if, if she ain't the right black. She's gonna be too dark, too light. Let, let's just make this a whole white story, right? right. Um, and, and don't wrong, there was a thought about trying to, you, you heard about the, the, the rumor that, that I think Julia it's true. Roberts. Yeah. Right, that someone wanted to have Julia Roberts play Harry Tubman. And, and yeah. why? Because they, they, they've been reading these think pieces. They knew that, that, that any sister was gonna have a problem. And and so I'm just gonna say to black people, look, I mean, you know, I know the movies aren't perfect. There hasn't been a perfect movie made yet. And, and and let's just try to be as as forgiving and understanding about our stuff as we are about their stuff. Because yeah. we, we don't have a lot of our stuff out there to be, you know, to, to, to mad at. And so, for instance, I I saw um, uh, well, uh, Jordan Peele's movie Us. Right. And we talked about that. You know, some people liked Good it, movie. some people didn't like it much. But I do right. know this. I didn't like it at all. I, I, you know what? But I know this. Whatever his third movie is, I'm going to be in there. <laughs> yeah. Jordan Peele can make a movie called Shaw Mama Ain't Shit. And I'm going to be in still <laughs> at the premiere. <laughs> because it's a black movie, and I'm going to go see it for myself. And hell, he might be right. I, my mama ain't right. My mama ain't right all the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think you're 100% right because I even heard people upset with the um, the lady they had playing Harriet, Cynthia Erivo mm-hmm. or something. I, oh, she's yeah. British. And so people were like, all these black sisters up here in America, <laughs> and you got to go across the pond and get somebody from Liverpool. To go over here and play one of our heroes. So there was, there was a lot. You know, I think, again, the standard for blackness is very high. Right. Uh, probably higher than white people would even know. Oh. Um, and, and, you know, that's why I'm always appreciative. Like, I think the only movie in my time that I feel like got that seal of approval was Black Panther. I felt like Black Panther was like, okay, you did good. 
And that's probably why they hesitate on making Black Panther 2, because you don't want to mess up. With but he said kill me by the only movie that exactly that everybody universally loved to make me encourage other people we, we were negroes were playing dress up do you know what it takes <laughs> to get a black man in a costume right right <laughs> my father's 73 years old i ain't never seen him in a costume right <laughs> We were even coming. Sometimes it's a wrong movie. I saw old brothers coming in, like uh, looking like they were in uh, coming to America, right, with the big lion's head on the head, on the right, right. Head, all that. right. We were doing every black move, every black you know thing we knew, right, right. And still, and you know, and, and the thing about it is that's movies that made white people richer, right? You know, brothers right. got a little bit of that, but but you know, Marvel, that's Disney, all right? They got all most of the money there, and it's like you know, and I got to tell you a little secret, I and mean, I know I'm gonna lose some more black cred, but but that's all right. You know, I, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm drinking uh, some grape soda right now, so I'm gonna get some of it back. All right, but I'm gonna lose a little bit. <laughs> okay. I have not seen Black Panther since the theater, and I have Disney Plus. We bought the uh, the 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 twenty one dollar you know electronic version or whatever. Mm-hmm. I have not been interested in seeing the movie yet. And, and after that, I saw it once. It was it was that, that's how it was. It was, it was one time movie for me. Hmm. I, ooh, I know exactly. I know. That's, that, that, that's, that, have you watched it since? Man, I, my my family took Black Panther away from me because I used to watch it every Friday night <laughs> for spiritual rejuvenation. <laughs> I would force the whole house. I would pop popcorn. And be like, turn the lights down. Everybody sit down. We watch a Black Panther. <laughs> uh. Yeah, Man, I, I, I envy you so much. I've tried to sit down and, and watch it again. I have to admit, I've watched some of the other. I watched uh, what was that? Uh, Endgame or no, 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 the one before that one. Um, uh, the, the Infinity. Oh, War. Infinity Wars. Yeah, yeah, I, I watched that a few times. I mean, matter of fact, you, you know. But anyways, but I, I have to admit, I, maybe I need to give Black Panther another another chance. But there were many things about that. I give you an example about Black Panther. I give you an example, like I could have, if I wanted to be think pinky, right? Or, or what was that? <laughs> think peace like about it. Okay. Isn't it interesting that the Black Panther hero, all right, in 2018, has to fight hand to hand combat to the death to choose their leader for their tribe? What kind of ignorant shit is that? I mean, yeah. That's not how you choose a leader. <laughs> you know, just sit there and put Biden and, and Trump in a, in a ring and the first person to come out dead or the first person to come out alive. This is WWE stuff, right? That's what Biden said. He said he wants to see Trump behind the bleachers. <laughs> <laughs> we should pick people by very, you know, who was who had the most uh, the, mo- the most scientists in that in that cabinet. The point is, is that that could have been, you know, I, I could see someone going off on that, but we let we we gave a pass on the fight on black people chanting and fighting to the death. But I think they rectified it because the person who he initially was fighting to death ended up being his best friend and helping him out when he really needed him. And, and I think and that's an important point. I can't believe sisters gave Michael B. Jordan a pass for that because his idol in life is Tiger Woods. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about Winston Duke. Oh, uh, right. Winston, right, 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 the big brother, right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, but but you know, I like first. I love the fact that I'm just like you know, damn. It, 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 my, it, I can see in other situations in which that would be a problem. Somehow he was able to get away with it in Black Panther. Uh-huh. But 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 I think he showed up to the premiere with a white woman. You won't do that shit like that. <laughs> hey man, like I 
I don't know. I feel like once people go Hollywood, there's no time. <laughs> <laughs> gonna you just do what you can, man. Like I, I used to be a Kanye fan, and now I just look at <laughs> who is this person? <laughs> now Kanye is my exception. I'm not buying his next stuff. All right, no. um, uh, but uh, but 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 that has more to do with the fact that Kanye get weird. Um, <laughs> you know, but anyway, the point is is that uh, let me just say my, my final parting shot to, to to all the black people who, who who listen to this podcast and then take our words of wisdom and live their lives according to them. Okay, right. when the next when Queen of Slim is in the theater now, so here's what you're gonna do in the morning. You're gonna go online on the Fandango or whatever, and you're gonna buy two tickets. Now you not going to that. That that's that's your investment in blackness. All right, you gonna put the tickets there. If you go, you will then go and pay some more cash for the tickets. For as long as Clean and and White Boy taught me this, as long as Queen and Slim is in the theater, every movie you buy a ticket for is gonna be Queen and Slim. Now you you will go to the other movie. You'll sneak into the other. Movie. <laughs> but they need to be getting your eight dollars every time. That be, <laughs> I want it to be. You need to turn that into Black Panther type revenue, right? Where <laughs> they're like, damn. All these we we only got seven theaters showing Queen and Slam, and they still raised two hundred million dollars this weekend. How did that happen? Because when you go to see the Good White movie, you you buy the ticket for Queen and Slim. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go support Queen and Slim because I'm I'm a big fan of Lena Waithe, and I think Lena Waithe deserves uh, to get some kind of accolade for what she's put together. Uh, and I reserve my judgment until I've seen it all. And if I don't like it, I probably won't even be public about not liking it. Now, you're good <laughs> about that. You're good about that. No, I will curse out publicly. Um, but, <laughs> but she will get my money before I curse out because that is the way black works. <laughs> the other thing that, that would be good is we've been thinking about this. And I, th- I think about this, and this is what I want to say. We always have our pitch for, you know, please go to iTunes, review the show, right? Um, you know, tell a friend about it. But here's what I want you to do. Rather than sharing our stuff in the post or whatever, tag someone into, okay, one of our posts and files on Facebook. You know, if you, you know, send someone a personal thing that says, you need to check this out. Right, because if it, they ain't listen to the, to the regular stuff, you 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 share stuff every twelve minutes. Ain't nobody got time to be reading all your stuff. <laughs> Tag people into <laughs> the post. Let them give them a, a you know a specific invite, and 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 do this. Be 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 intentional about it. What you're trying to do here is make us rich. So you want to get good people, not your broke ass Uncle Eddie, somebody who has some contacts in the media that can do right. something for us, all right? And you say, why would I want to make you rich? Let me tell you why. You want to be our best friend forever. And here's why. Because Gail King is negotiating a current contract for what is called George Stephanopoulos money. For the CBS Morning right. Show, 15 to $18 million a year. Now, what's Gail's qualification? Her BFF is Oprah. That's how. <laughs> all right. That's what it means to right. be right. So I, I'm not going to say you're going to get 15, 18 million dollars if you make us rich and famous. But what I am saying is we will get you an autographed picture of Gail King. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, the main thing for me is I want to make sure that we are continuing to grow so that we can get to the bag and that we can provide you even more content. It'd be nice to be able to have. Another stream of income that I can use, you know, to take care of things, but also to provide you guys 
with even more access. Cause you know, we had a run with a whole bunch of people that came on the show that, you know, are emerging in the black culture, folks who are famous, quasi famous, soon will be famous. And we want to keep that going, right? So the more people know about us and the more people know that we're not trying to, you know, undercut anybody, but we just want to provide a platform for basically anybody black who is in the media right now there you go. and needs a place to talk. So Sister Shackelford, I know we didn't get a chance to talk about her, but <laughs> <laughs> right now I am very curious about what her perspective on this case is. So if you're listening uh, all the way, I think she's somewhere in Texas, some small town, Texas. If you're listening, if, if the clan hasn't gotten you yet, call and shoot us an email. And uh, I would love to have you on the show, if nothing else, just to, uh, you know, lay out your perspective. Um, and we've had some pretty good interactions with people, even one of the city commissioners from um, from Florida, from Tamarack, that had the great viral video of him uh, exposing the officer who, like, mm, yes. he actually kept in touch with me. Um, okay. And so I've been trying to see if he wants to get on the show, and I think things have kind of died down, so... He may not necessarily need it. But my whole point to him was, I just want you to know you're not alone. So if you want to be here, you're black and you are in the media, come talk to us. And then we've got so many amazing people that, you know, in black culture, a lot of amazing folks get overlooked because of this quest to be two times as good for half the credit. Right. So we want to make sure we provide appropriate emphasis for it. For our white listeners, we want you to know who these people are, support these people and their other ventures and projects, and we want to keep that flow going. So we can do that if we have a lot more money. So if you got, you know, if you know somebody at um, Belova, Hennessy, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter. Pepsi, like <laughs> Disney, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Popeyes at this point. If you can just get somebody to, you know, put us on sponsor us that'll be incredibly helpful and we can even shout you out on the show sounds great hey everybody thanks so much for spending give us a time and we'll see you next time people